Today on The Topping Show, Andrew Bush Farmer's tweet is 100% ratioed. DeSantis and Nikki Haley Xmas tweets. Vivek on Harvard president controversy goes viral. Iconic San Francisco candy shop closed on Christmas Eve. Cummings truck and engine manufacturer hit with a $1.7 billion fee for emissions. TGF Dubai Desiki for $1.1 billion. And Tesla has yet another software update for an AKA recall. All of that much is for on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. I gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December. So if you click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Cummings Truck Energy Manufacturers fined for $1.7 billion. This comes to us thanks to an article written by the New York Post. And if you're not big, if you're not a big gearhead or automotive enthusiast, or you just can't read the size of a truck, you may have never even heard of Cummings Engines. They're perhaps one of the most famous, iconic engine manufacturers in history. One of the things where when people say an engine is as bulletproof as a Glock, many people would say the vintage Cummings engines were. Now, unfortunately, subsequently, engines have become less reliable throughout time because of the EPA forcing them to do a bunch of BS things, which, fascinatingly enough, if you ever buy a government surplus vehicle or a government surplus diesel vehicle, they don't have, can't but notice, they don't have a lot of the things that you and I have to suffer with in order to hit their environmental standards. The government can get away with it, of course, but we can't. Rules for thee, but not for ye. Me. The? I almost said ye. I'll probably go viral. No, probably not. But nevertheless, this comes to us. And specifically, they know that Cummings has agreed to pay one point, or specifically $1.675 billion for installing devices on hundreds of thousands of engines to allow them to emit excess pollution. This is the largest ever civil penalty for the Clean Air Act violation. The Justice Department re- reported last Friday. The departments of companies allegedly installed so-called defeat devices to bypass or disable and emission controls such as emission sensors and onboard computers. The department said Cummings used defeat devices on 630,000 2013 to 2019 Ram 2500 and 3500 pickup truck engines and Undisclosed auxiliary emission control devices on 330,219 to 2023 Ram 2500 and 3500 pickup truck engines that cheat emission control requirements. Which, again, it's a truck. But nevertheless, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland said, quote, Preliminary estimates suggest that defeat devices on subcoming engines have caused them to produce thousands of tons of excess emissions of nitrogen oxides. It is the second largest environmental penalty ever deal ever reached, the department said, unquote. The EPA job killer, I mean the EPA administrator, Michael Reagan, said, quote, vulnerable communities are more likely to reside near highways where these harmful emissions are concentrated, making this agreement critical to advancing our environmental justice agenda, unquote. Cummings says they expect to take nearly the nearly 2.04 billion charge in the fourth quarter to resolve regulatory claims relating to nearly 1 million engines said from the Justice Department and California Air Resources Board. 
Cummings said, quote, the company has seen no evidence that anyone acted in bad faith and does not admit wrongdoing, which is the entire point of a settlement in an overwhelming majority of cases. It also helps you in terms of time and money. Court cases, as we all know, lawyers are extremely, extremely expensive. So if you go to court and you have to fight it out, that long court battle is just going to cost more and more and more. And of course, the longer the court battle, the more it's in the news, the more it's in the headlines, the more it usually, not always, decreases public perception of the brand. I mean, in this case, I can't but wonder, perhaps he should have fought it. I mean, so many of these companies are being put out of business and being bastardized with extra widgets that they put on the vehicles and bolstering their EV fleet, not because consumers want them or they're necessarily better for the environment. I would actually argue they're worse given the lithium iron mines that we have to use, all the dangerous acids we have to use to harvest that lithium, as well as the whole life cycle of the process of actually maintaining and operating a EV vehicle, as opposed to a good old Cummings diesel engine. Well, guess what? Not only will those land, well, they usually will last hundreds of thousands of miles without these without the DEET and all the other stuff that they forced to put on there. But it's one of those instances where at the end of the day, if an internal combustion engine dies, let's say there's a catastrophic failure, piston shoots through the, through the hood, or there's something where the engine block cracks. If it's completely beyond repair, at the end of the day, what's an internal combustion manufactured from? Well, harmless metals. You have, I guess they'll make them more in terms of the iron engine block. Aluminum engine blocks are really popular. You have amalgamation of different metals to actually make the engine. But at the end of the day, it's just metal. So you drain the oils, you recycle the oil, and the engine blocks, you just melt down and you make more stuff because metal is darn near infinitely recyclable, perhaps aluminum being one of the most popular examples. With an EV battery power vehicle, well, not only is in some cases, it's an integral part of the actual structure of the vehicle, so you can't just replace the battery. But it also is an instance where the batteries will cost between, what, $10,000, $40,000 for an electric battery for a vehicle. Engine goes bad in your little car, a traditional car. It might cost a couple hundred bucks, maybe a thousand bucks at a scrapyard to get a one that is from a toll vehicle. Put that engine in, you're fine. But at the end of the day, lithium is also extremely dangerous, very hazardous to recycle. And there's not as many places that do recycle them, and there's less precious metals at the end of the day we actually filter it out. So when you get the, to that's why I'm one of those people when it comes to total life cycle management of the vehicle, and then of course you have to ask yourself, how is this electric vehicle being charged? Depending on where you're located, you actually might be doing even more harm to the environment, ironically enough, if you're getting it from something like coal. Granted, someday the world might wise up and you use something like nuclear power, but that day has not yet come. So interestingly enough, I actually think these would actually be even better for the environment. But nevertheless, getting back to the article, they're saying there's no, accepting no wrongdoing, there's four, the formal, formal, again, I'm not a doctor. However, if you click the subscribe button, it might help with my speaking ineptitudes and my stuttering. Again, there's very few guarantees in life. But if you watch the very first couple episodes I've made, there has been some improvement. Not some might debate how much or how little there is, but a modicum of improvement nevertheless. So if you click the subscribe button, it may very well assist with my enunciation, slowing down my speech uh, rate, as well as my stuttering. Again, it's not 100% guarantee. Just saying, it can't hurt to try. Nevertheless, back to the vehicle. They also noted that the 960 vehicles have been recalled and emissions control software will be updated, Company said, which previously took, previously, sorry, <coughs> excuse me, took a 59 million charge for emission recalls. Let's see here. Cummins first announced in April 2019 that it was internally reviewing the emission certification process and compliance. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. 
let's get to the fun parts, go to the comments section. And as we increase every single, well, it seems like every fiscal quarter, the government's just making more and more prohibitively difficult to make an internal combustion engine, which is why these flyers are getting slapped on. And it's just a de facto ban. Some of those instances where they're not going to come out and say, it's illegal to make a gas engine. However, we're just going to increase in every single quarter, every single year, we're going to increase how difficult it is to actually hit these arbitrary marks for the environment. This uh, CO2 emission has to be this, this much this year, and this much, and this much, this much. So I think the only way you can make a vehicle fleet average is to have electric vehicles and to decrease the amount of production of your internal combustion engines. So it is an attack on your choice for your preferred drivetrain. Granted, if it's up to me, every car would have three pedals, aka a manual transmission by default, just the most fun you'll ever have, and obviously it's the best. But let's go in the comment section and see what some of the feedback is. <laughs> Excuse me. Zasu Pitts says, quote, they simply wrote the software so that the engine would perform well during unrealistic tests that did not involve actual road time. If the feds create an artificial environment to conduct their test, why can't you write the software for that? Unquote. Gain 22 likes. New Yorker 76 replied saying, quote, another perfect example of do what I say, not as I do from this crooked administration. Most of the executives from the EPA and CARB make these decisions to fly on private jets, which emit a larger amount of carbon emissions when compared to commercial passenger planes, anywhere from 10 to 20x more carbon pollution, unquote. They got 49 likes. And it's also government vehicles. They don't have a lot of the crap that they bolt on, which might be in the short term better for the environment, but actually I would argue long term is worse because it actually puts more wear and tear on the engine and it's worse for the lifetime of the life cycle of the engine they don't, wet, they don't last as long. So it's turning into more of a disposable vehicle. As opposed to, you look at the diesel engines back in the day, they're in million miles. It's ridiculously great engineering before the government got involved. Exit right soon says, quote, this is about making the internal combustion engine unprofitable and guiding automakers to electric vehicles. This isn't about pollution, unquote. Got 62 likes. And yes, I would agree 110%. It's also fascinating to hear on a global scale, everyone keeps attacking the United States for CO2 emissions and pollution when it's not even a, it's not even a fraction of what other countries emit, aka China, the big elephant, or more appropriately, the big panda in the room. Their manufacturing is blossoming for decades. It's partially because, again, low regulation, low interference. So as we slow, we'll do a couple more comments here. Let's see. Peter Jacobson said, quote, I would install one of these devices in my truck in a heartbeat if it improved efficiency and operating cost. And I would never buy a GM vehicle if I couldn't disable their OnStar computer, which allows the cops to stop your vehicle at will. I'm quoting nine likes. Well, the downside for this person is all vehicles, I believe by 2026, have to have that feature which, by the way, was voted by both Republicans and Democrats. Both parties said, oh yeah, we want to give the government more power to control your life and your vehicle. Yet another reason to buy something that's vintage, also with three pedals, manual transmissions, so much more fun. Let's see. Kay Morales says, quote, never wanted to dodge more than after reading this article, unquote, getting 26 likes. see here 
Alexander Klinger says, quote, I'm getting real sick of tyranny, unquote, getting 23 likes. Here. As I scroll through more and more. Let's see, Crooked Joe says, quote, cash grab by Democrats to cover their wasteful spending, unquote, getting three likes, but I mean, that's not even uh, one point, what was it? A little under $2 billion, that's nothing compared to how much Republicans and Democrats waste every year as the deficit. The fiscal deficit in the United States just grows exponentially. It's up to like $33 trillion thanks to their ineptitudes. So this is just a drop in the big bucket of government ineptitudes and debt. But it'll be interesting to see, I mean, why didn't they just go to court and fight this out? I mean, just some, I feel like the of community could, there has to be something they can do to stand up for themselves and stop being bullied around. They're literally being put out of business because of all these governments. Not just the U.S. It's also a huge issue in Europe with the European Union neutering all their vehicles. So I can't help but think it's also just the governments want more control. Electric vehicles are more of a computer, which is even easier to hack, control, manipulate. But let me know in the comments. It'd be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting business news. You have two TFI to buy Desiki for $1.1 billion dollars a 69% premium on the valuation of the company. Now, this comes to us thanks to a, a website by the name of FreightWaves.com, which, A-plus marketing, you know exactly what they're going to be talking about. Specifically, this is an article written by Todd Maiden. They noted that the serial acquired TFI International announced last Friday it would buy flatbed truck load carrier Tosiki in a $1.1 billion transaction. TFI said it was also be exploring spinning off its TL unit into a separate publicly traded company. Now, specifically getting the fiscal part of the company, they know that TFI will pay $8.30 per share for Desiki, which again is a 69% premium to their last closing price of $4.91 per share. The price tags Desiki's equity at nearly $400 million, with the remainder tied to a $658 million debt load. If completed, the deal will be executed just at just under six times Desiki's 2023 adjusted earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization forecast. Now, it looks like the merger agreement has been unanimously approved by the boards of both companies, but to seeking shareholders still need to approve the deal. Transaction expected to close in the second quarter of 2024. When asked for additional comment, the CEO of TFI said, quote, This attractive acquisition is highly complementary to our existing operations and scales our truckload segment into a leading North American truckload transportation and logistics business. Again, that's unquote. Again, that's the CEO, Alan Bedard, who is also the chairman of TFI. Looks like TFI's annual revenue is $7.5 billion, quite pretty penny. Or a vintage pretty penny, just nine, you know, modern pennies is just 99.99% zinc, which is also known as garbage. Now it looks like Desiki is a roll up of flatbed TL fleets. It has executed more than 20 acquisitions since its 2009 inception. After the first acquisition, Desiki had a fleet of just 60 tractors, generating $30 million in avenue revenue. Today, the carrier has approximately 4,900 tractors, 11,000 trailers, and 1 million square feet of warehouse space. It produced $1.8 billion in revenue last year. Now, they also know that Desiki will continue to operate its various brands and will report financial results through TFI's TL unit, doubling the segment size, which has Bernard contemplating a spinoff. Bernard said, quote, This acquisition also advances our strategic consideration of creating a unique opportunity for shareholders to separately invest in a specialized truckload business and in 
a LTL package and courier and logistics business, unquote. He continued to say, quote, our immediate focus will be on improving Dasiki's financial results, which oh, with the strategic consideration to follow and be ongoing, unquote. Now, it looks like Dasiki had been involved in a multi-year cost-cutting initiative designed to better integrate past acquisitions. In the, in the decade that followed its opening, the company's founder, Don Dasiki, continued to bolt on new fleets without realizing any material cost synergies through integration. That left it with a very large debt and thin operating margins. He also, Don DeSiki, stepped down as chairman and CEO in 2019. He has bought up a more than 100 million position in stock a year ago. So it looks like it'll be a pretty big one. Is There certainly seems to be a gap in the market. We had Yellow Trucking, which was one of the largest and even one of the most legacy trucking companies in the United States specifically. That was a big part of the company. They went bankrupt, I believe, one or two fiscal quarters ago. So I think we're going to see more consolidation in the courier industry. And again, everyone's just buying more and more stuff. I think there's going to be more opportunities for that industry to grow as well. But as I always say, it'll be interesting to see and time shall tell. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, if Anheuser-Busch Farmer's Tweet gets 100% ratioed, which is pathetic to say the least. Now again, Anheuser-Busch is one of the largest companies on the planet. They're the holding company behind really 43 brands that pretty much everyone consumes. The most iconic one that everyone knows about is going to be Bud Light, Budweiser, Michelob Ultra. And then there's a conglomerate of other ones, like I believe they also own Stella. They also, yeah, they still own uh, Corona. And globally, they do own the rights to Modelo. However, in the United States, that's owned by Constellation Brands. So darn near everything that inebriates people has a connection to Anheuser Bush for the beer category, or seemingly so. And it's about a 30-second ad. And then this is on the Twitter. They say, quote, From the farmer's fields to your favorite bar stool, we're 65,000 strong, united by a shared commitment to brewing excellence. Cheers to the hands that cultivate, craft, and pour the spirit of Anheuser-Busch. Looks like they have a wheat emoji, a beer glass emoji, and they use the hashtag, that's who we are. Now, well, unquote, perhaps the more appropriate hashtag would be hashtag, that's who we were, since their new target market is entirely different than what it used to be, again, but let's listen to this. And if you do have suggestions for picture-in-picture production software, always looking for new technology, new solutions. I've beta tested a couple of them, but they haven't been my satisfactory in terms of quality. So if you have suggestions, let me know in the comments below. Again, more feedback, the better as we make the show better and better together. Without further ado... What the heck? Uh, they get the diversity points right off the bat, so they do have a gal working. Oh, they don't specify her pronouns in the video, so I, I'm taking some liberties and assuming. Granted, we know what happens when you sometimes assume. This is a gal working. She's just picking individual wheats. What the heck? I, I don't know how real. So it looks like she's driving an ATV and like a wheat. Well. What really goes into beer these days? Hops? So as you drive an ATV to Hops Field. Alright.
Again, people standing by beer-looking things. Uh, I was shocked. They actually showed a, uh, there's a white guy there. And I guess in terms of filmography, the transition between the scenes is like an old-timey film, which perhaps I'm dating myself. Film used to be how we used to make movies and videos. Now it's all digital. But back in the day, it used to actually be a piece of film, cellulite, back in the day. Nevertheless, we'll get back to the attempted advertisement. More people standing by... What do you put beer in? The kiln? No. That's that's pottery. Beer goes into big stainless steel vats. It's in one of those things. You also have a gentleman standing by a bunch of kegs wearing a Anheuser-Busch branded sweater. Oh, they killed the ad themselves. Someone turning on the light at a bar that says Bud Light, which... <laughs> that's a... Uh, Unless it's a closing sign, like this bar is going out of business, that's really not a popular thing to see in bars anymore. Anecdotally speaking, I've noticed a lot of restaurants and bars that I would take customers to in the past 12, 24 months. Those signs have changed dramatically in terms of the ambiance when you look around the restaurants. There used to be a lot more of those neon Bud Light signs. I can't help but think like a public stock, it, those signs just values to go to nothing. Everyone used to want one for the man cave back in the day. Granted, if they do go out of business, you know me, I probably want it on my wall of defunct businesses behind me, but we know even them just losing 70% of their annual revenue, or right now it's fiscal quarter and weekly revenue for that specific brand, it's not enough for them to go out of business. So nevertheless, or I guess subsequently, they actually, I won't have a Bud Light sign behind me. But now we have a, so a bar is turning on a light with Bud Light. You have a gentleman on a little ski, oh, you call that little thing in the factory, little skid loader, and he's holding a, actually a pallet, of Bud Light cans, which again, which again, I'm actually fascinated from, in terms of where you wanna invest marketing dollars, why are they investing them back into this dying brand? I would think, again, this is from Anheuser-Busch's Twitter, or their X profile, it's not from the Bud Light profile. If I was Anheuser-Busch, I'd be putting money, I'd be putting a lot more resources into brands that people don't realize are theirs, like Coors, put that money into Michelob Ultra. Those are the brands that aren't being hit as heavily, and I think, as consumer preferences continue to shift, those might increase because partially because people don't know they're rat, they're the same company. But nevertheless, it looks like they have a, a little forklift and the whole uh, pallet of Bud Light cans. What? What was this? A gal? They're they're looking at a, a glass of I assume I don't think that's. I don't think that's excrement. I think it is Bud Light in the in the little, little glass. But they're looking at it as if it's the most fascinating thing on the planet. Although perhaps it just looks like she's dead inside. Lord knows I think I would if I was actually sitting there holding a glass of Bud Light. I would just be like, why God, why? But I suppose 18 people still enjoy the, the beer. Let's see, almost done. And the big font on the screen is saying, that's who we are. Then the little logo for Anheuser-Busch. Now, fascinatingly enough, this video, statistically speaking, it won't. But there's a small outlier chance that this video might get more views than that video that this multi-billion dollar company has out there. So that got, again, this isn't like I'm taking the statistics like within 10 minutes of them posting it. 
This is within 48 hours of them posting it. So I gave this time to brew, pun moderately intended. It only got 2,320 views for a multi-billion dollar company. And even more hilarious, of the 2,320 people who saw it, 29 people liked it. Which, not to brag, a couple months ago, I did have one of my YouTube videos get 33 likes. Humble brag. I should probably print it out and frame it for the office. But nevertheless, it only got 29 likes? That's ridiculous to say the least. That's, that's actually less popular than some of Chris Christie's posts. That, that is a social phenomenon I never thought I'd see. You could probably argue they're just as appealing. Now, let's go to the comments section, because, again, maybe I'm an outlier in my take on the situation. Maybe they think it's a brilliant and compelling commercial that reignites feelings of emotion for the brand. They inspire people to go out there and buy copious amounts of Bud Light and other Anheuser-Busch products. I mean, I don't think so, but let's dive in the comments and find out. The first comment comes from Ryan Trefitty, and he says, quote, not interested, unquote, Getting five likes. So far, not so good, Anheuser Bush. Chow Chow says, quote, We know who you are, unquote. It is a gif, or as the youth might say, a gif of a. I, I think it's a drag queen. So it's a biological man with a beard, so a modicum of redemption, because all men should have beards, obviously. And had long hair, clown makeup, or not. I don't know if you call it woman face. It's where you have makeup, you're a man, you're wearing wake up makeup, but it's overdone to a point of a character caricature. Um, they have a, a BDSM necklace on and dress on, and of course a wig with long, long hair. They got five likes. So so far, zero for two. Right wing from the D says, quote, how many seconds would your spokesman Dylan Last worked working a farm. Unquote. They got six likes. Zero seconds. Dylan Mulvaney did, however, achieve a fantastically astronomically success in terms of Dylan Mulvaney got $185,000 for like two pictures in a video telling people to go drink Bud Light when Dylan's average audience member is 15 years old. So probably didn't spend any time in the breweries, but... Still, 108, I can't fathom someone making so much money for doing so little. Ironically, you could have actually perhaps argue this person did so much because it destroyed the brand. Again, fiscal Q2 alone, they lost $400 million in sales compared to last fiscal year's Q2. And every week, subsequently, Bud Light is down 30% in sales, about 26% sales by volume. So they're not doing great. And... Just for business history, I would love to buy or acquire that Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light bottle because that is quite literally perhaps one of the most valuable pieces of merchandise ever created from a business perspective because that one can spiked one of the most powerful boycotts in history that I've ever seen in terms of conservatives actually boycotting things successfully. It, it I almost feel like a, a Harrison Ford moment. It belongs in a museum! And that's perhaps the worst impression you've heard Perhaps all week, but nevertheless, the attempt was made, and perhaps it made you smile even if it wasn't that great. But nevertheless, get back, game back to comments. Someone by the name of R. Walker simply had an emoji throwing up, which 
is perhaps perhaps is pretty pretty accurate for the side effects of drinking from Bud Light. Again, I I know people drink Bud Light in excess so they can become inebriated. I know it's a party beer, but that'd be perhaps a hilarious pun. Like, have you ever seen something like at a high like a cocktail party or like a social event, like a high status social event, or they're sipping on a Bud Light and like pretending to enjoy the taste? I've never seen that in my life. That's a free idea out there if someone wants to make a parody. Yeah, I've never... Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened. But nevertheless, back to the comments. Noah Nielsen says, quote... And actually, it's a GIF, or as the youth might say, a GIF. Though, marketing failed that the peanut butter company, GIF, never you know patented that idea or got involved. But nevertheless, Noel Nielsen said, quote... Or a little GIF. Still no. That got six likes. Just me, 75215, says, quote... Take this bud and shove it. I ain't drinking it no more. AB InBev done ruined the brews I'd love to pour. How's that for Friday? Unquote, getting four likes. And not to be in defense of Anheuser Bush and Bud, but they, he says, How's that for Friday? The grammar is actually on point for his post for a fraternity member, I believe. Because it said, again, he literally said, I ain't drinking it no more, which grammatically speaking means he's going to drink more Bud Light. And he says, A.B. done ruined the beer. I guess that's... It sounds wrong, but again, is that technically right grammar-wise? But nevertheless, grammar aside, that person did get four likes for that post. Going down to see more replies, Bartman simply replied, Strong, ha ha ha, good one, unquote. And it is a gif of Dylan Mulvaney, as well as the other... I forget the trans teacher that's going viral on the TikTok and the, and the other social medias, but it's both... Um, of, I guess they're both biological men. They're wearing dresses. And they have the hair. And they're putting on glasses. Plastic glasses that have like the rim of the glass shape is a heart. Which, again, I'm obviously a connoisseur of the highest of fashions. That's why I wear the awesomest suit every day, obviously. I can't help but think, I mean, just fashion-wise, that looks ridiculous. I mean, if you're above... Nine years old, you shouldn't have caricature glasses unless it's Halloween. Some might argue this is a Halloween caricature, but nevertheless, glasses of a heart shape. Just low class. No fashion sense, obviously. All right, going down even more. Hey Bob GIF says, quote, hashtag all Anheuser-Busch companies have done DEI departments which discriminate against whites and promote anti-whiteism. The boycott should continue until the, all DEI departments are dissolved. You're racist, anti-American scum, unquote. Perhaps I should have yelled that because it was all caps. Nevertheless, that did get three likes. And from a legal perspective, I think in the next 12, 24 months, we will start to see some lawsuits around DEI discrimination. Because, again, it is quite literally many parts of it. It's quite literally the legal textbook example of discrimination because you're treating employees differently based on things they cannot control, including their race. So we'll be interested to see. Again, this will all play out in the courts at the end of the day, I believe. And again, there will be a huge cultural shift as well. But I think, <laughs> excuse me, I think we'll see more and more examples of those lawsuits as time goes by. Someone by the name of Tiny Baby Jesus, who gets an F- for marketing because the profile picture is not, in fact, of Baby Jesus in a manger or anything. It's actually just, it looks like some sports balls, Team name? Nevertheless, 
this person did a caricature of the Anheuser-Busch logo and it says, strike ready, Anheuser-Busch Teamsters, 99% vote to strike. Unquote. They got two likes. Ranting Ryan, who gets a B plus for marketing. That's a catchy name. Nevertheless, Ranting Ryan says never again. Then there's a button that says, what is this? What is Twitter telling me right here? Oh, let's see. So we click the button for show more replies. So as a disclaimer here, X is telling me show additional content replies, including those that may contain offensive content. Of course, let's click the button and see what they're saying. This comes from Matt, and he simply says, no thanks. And he has a picture of Bud Light with, what is it? Was that comedian? Jim Carrey in a bathing suit on it? I mean, I don't know why that was worth censoring, but that did get two likes. And as we go through all these comments, all of them were negative. It happened, folks. I didn't think it would. Statistically speaking, it's only happened twice on the show before. We call it the Chris Christie effect. And it has nothing to do with Krispy Kreme donuts or anything like that. It's a fascinating social media phenomenon in which you get zero positive replies to your original post on X. Again, when you're looking at political analysis and looking at all these comments, these tweets that they're doing, it only happened twice. And it was fascinating to see. We had to scroll for hours, this much less comments, but not a single positive response to this tweet, which means not even the people who work there or have family members who work there responded, which one would assume they still, again, the, the very thing, the very start of the tweet says, quote, we're 65,000 strong, but your replies are zero positive replies. So of the 65,000 people who are associated with your brand and your business, not a single person took the time to actually say something about it, which is hilarious in and of itself in terms of business blunders and ineptitudes. So it'll be interesting to see from a cultural perspective, there's a lot of people calling for the boycott to strike to end, a lot of people saying we need to double down. There are a couple conflicting views. Some of the biggest personalities out there, including, I don't know if it's false advertising, but Kid Rock, whose disclaimer is actually an adult these days. I believe he's actually a grandpa. But nevertheless, this alleged Kid Rock, he came out and said, hey, we did the damage, you know, we sent the message to Bud Light, now's the time to stop the boycott. So a lot of people are saying it's time to stop, but again, this is, you know, anecdotally speaking, we're looking at social media, this is one tweet or post as some people are calling it. But again, we're not, I'm not seeing a lot of responses where it's overwhelmingly positive. Even when they do their hashtag free Bud Light and free sweepstakes and free sports balls tickets, even they have those, I almost debate they're not really positive comments when people do respond with hashtags because you go to the profiles, and we've analyzed this before, they're just people who want anything free crap. They'll repost for every brand on the planet if they have an opportunity to win anything from a $25 gift card to some random, to winning a case of Bud Light, which incidentally enough, is a great real world example of how you can be a winner and a loser at the same time. Usually I have to speak in metaphors, but I mean, I can't fathom what I would do if I were to win a case of Bud Light. I remember earlier this week, we joked, I mean, perhaps if someone is a really bad relative or, you know, they're naughty all year, you could give them Bud Light for Christmas if they're above 20 or one years old in lieu of giving them coal. Perhaps the ultimate, you know, backhanded compliment or backhanded Christmas gift. It's like, ooh. Or perhaps we get a good entertaining white elephant gift. Someone wins a case of Bud Light. It's like, ooh, 
Well, I mean, I, I, I get perhaps that could very well be the new what Americans used to cherish, or this is a the fruit cake or like the little little Christmas little. It's like a basically a, a box of sugar, but every year they just give it around. No one actually eats it. Is it Christmas fruit cake? It loses me at the moment. But I mean, what would you do if you won a case of Bud Light? Would you toss? I mean. Toss it out in the trash. You can certainly recycle the aluminum. Aluminum is one of the most recyclable metals on the planet with a myriad of uses. But, I mean, what would you do with the actual Bud Light substance? Some debate you could use it as a weed killer. Some debate you could perhaps use it as a home defense protocol where you could actually take Bud Light and pour it around the perimeter, you know, the whole perimeter of your land or your home. And that way, anyone with a modicum of taste buds left or in their nose, nostrils, if they were to approach your domicile, They'd be so viscerally disgusted, they'd you know retreat. So if any bad guys are trying to steal your you know your Amazon packages off your front porch, they would get close to the front porch. They they smelled, but like go, ooh ooh ooh, probably not gonna rob this house. I I can't I can't get past that line. Perhaps that is the thirteenth legitimate thing we thought of in terms of a use case for what you could do with Bud Light if you were to win. Let me know in the comments what you would do. I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have San Francisco iconic candy shop closed Christmas Eve. Oh, how San Francisco has fallen so, so much. Now, this comes to us thanks to the San Francisco Standard, written, and it say, they specifically noted that downtown San Francisco's C's candy shop closed for good on Christmas Eve. It looks like the C's candy location was an Embancardio Center in downtown San Francisco, and... I mean, who would have thought they'd go out of business? Now, they noted that employees at the store will transfer to the company's nearby location at four, 542 Market Street. The closure leaves four C's Candies locations in San Francisco in total, including one at 754 Clement Drive in the Richmond District, another store in Stone, Stone Town Galleria Mall. The company also operates a pop-up location at the Fairmont Hotel during the holidays. C's Candies did not respond to requests for comment as to the reason behind the closure. I mean, do they have to? We all know it's a shitty place to be. I mean that not just metaphorically, but physically. There are so many... The culture has declined so much, and fascinatingly enough, it just seems to increase in pace, that there is quite literally so much human excrement on the ground in San Francisco. Instead of actually thinking of a solution where they can fix the culture, they fix the homeless problem, actually perhaps clean up the city, they simply created an, an app on your phone. So there's an app, a little map on your phone, and it would actually show you the location of all the places where this human excrement. However, it didn't really work because there's such an overwhelming volume. The whole map was just brown. It's a just terrible place to be. Pretty much every business has left San Francisco. The only thing keeping them alive is Salesforce, which is, again, one of the largest, most successful software companies on the planet. And Mark Burnoff, the CEO, founder, he's dedicated to the city. He loves the city. That's some, really the last major business that's still headquartered there. A lot of the, even the tech companies are leaving for other countries. I somewhat joke and say countries like Texas, but you have Hewlett Packard. They went down to Austin. CrowdStrike went down to Austin. Oracle, I believe, went to Houston. Hewlett Packard Enterprise went down to Houston. I mean, these businesses are leaving in droves for a myriad of reasons, not just the safety of their employees. The culture has just declared so much in San Francisco. And also, the culture bleeds in the politics. They don't want your business. They tax businesses into just out of the state. And same with the people who live there. I can't imagine trying to afford to live there. The cost is just so prohibitive. Now, they, noted, they note that the Embicardo Center is struggling with broader vacancy 
challenge that has hit downtown San Francisco as the pandemic changed office work patterns. Okay. Many retail locations in the financial district have closed amid dramatic drops in foot traffic. They also noted earlier this year, Banana Republic closed the location at the Embargo Center amid a larger pullback of the parent company, Gap Inc. Let's see here. And they do, uh, I do love business history, so we'll talk a little bit about the C's before we get back on topic. They know that C's Candies is a California institution known for a variety of confections, <coughs> excuse me, often given as gifts during the holidays from a single store in Los Angeles in 1921. The company has expanded to more than 200 locations around the country. C's headquarters are located in South San Francisco, and the company is controlled by Berkshire Hathaway. So again, so those instances where these companies in San Francisco, they're not making pro I'm, Again, there's so much overwhelming theft, which again, you get the culture, you get the politics you vote for. I mean, they, it's no longer a felony to steal up to $950. Now, granted, I'm not sure if that's a cultural bleed into, because again, all this just keeps compounding. So again, the way the public justice system works is this uh, heavily relying on plea deals in a volume business. So instead of having a felony and then you know knocking it down to a plea deal to a misdemeanor, well now it's a misdemeanor now pleading it down to basically nothing. And then you also have district attorneys who don't prosecute crime. So it's one of those instances where I don't see the culture of San Francisco getting better anytime soon, and it's going to become more of a vicious cycle where they're alienating businesses, alienating people. A lot of people with means are just getting the hell out. A lot of businesses are just deciding, you know what? At the end of the day, it's not worth being here. And it's hilarious, the San Francisco Standard, they're trying to point out, oh yes, a pandemic. That was true, perhaps a little while, and to their own demise, they voted for people who locked them up for a longer pace, a longer duration than other areas in the United States. But right now, Texas is growing exponentially. Florida is growing exponentially. The Carolinas are actually growing pretty good as well. There are many states booming. Their economies are doing pretty darn good overall, and businesses like retails are also expanding. The only retail establishment I've heard of in the past 48 months to open up in San Francisco was IKEA. And the joke is that the people who are there that steal are too lazy to actually assemble their own furniture, so there's not as much risk as theft. And I'm only moderately kidding, pretty much everyone else is leaving. Cinemark, which is now headquartered in San Francisco, they left their store that used to be there. A lot of the iconic brands are just deciding, you know what? Not worth it. We're losing money. Our employees are not saved. The customers aren't coming anymore. At the end of the day, will the, let me know in the comments. Do you think the culture of California and culture of San Francisco will shift to actually be a safe, happy, healthy place to work and live? Or will the lawlessness just exponentially increase as they just decide to do the same thing again and again and again? It'll be interesting to see, but be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek Ramaswamy on Harvard president controversy. Now, this is perhaps one of the fascinating things of job guarantees for some people. In any rational example, this person would have been fired years ago, or not years ago, weeks ago, months ago. It's a fascinating thing where Claudine Gay, who's the president of Harvard, thanks to her ineptitudes, and some might argue her moral vacuousness and mental vacuousness, well, They've lost about a billion dollars in donations and the respect of the world. They're also being accused of being anti-Semitism. So this morally vacuous person, Claudine Gay, she lied on many of her college papers. On her dissertation, one of the most important things when you work your way into academia, it's been found that, oh yeah, she cheated on that. That alone, she should have been fired yesterday. 
And that was a pretty bad snap, so I'll try it again. Or attempt. Yesterday. Should have been fired. If I if there's any students, again, there are a couple of remaining students at Harvard, those students plagiarize everything. And if the teacher says, what are you doing? Say, I'm doing what the president of Harvard did. I would love to hear what the professors have to say to that. They go, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. She can, she, she, she can. The, perhaps the prime example of rules for thee, but not for me. Again, that, that alone, although perhaps this just means she should be a good politician. Now, another controversy is her, many people are saying the anti-Semitism where she says, oh, it's not really genocide. It depends on who's saying it. So people are calling for violence. It's okay if it's against certain people. No, that's disgusting and morally vacuous. If you are calling for violence, again, I'm not saying something like a safe space. When people are literally calling for the genocide of people, that's not, who would rationally think that's okay or say it's, it depends on the circumstances? Well, she's saying that for the, that specific instance. So those contributing factors have led to them losing about a billion dollars of donations. And again, it's not hurting the business in terms of they're not going out of business tomorrow because, again, Harvard has estimated between 48 and $53 billion endowment. So, again, losing a billion dollars temporarily, I mean, fiscally speaking, that's not much. However, the damage to their brand is increasing because less people, re people respect it. And recently, for the first time in, in my memory, they actually had a deficit of people applying to Harvard. It used to be they had way too many people applying. Now they're getting the opposite effect. So I think the social currency and the, cu the cultural currency of having a Harvard degree is almost backfiring these days. You also had an instance where Harvard students signed a petition saying they support Hamas, and then a bunch of businesses properly said, all right, we're not hiring you. You just said you support a terrorist organization. And the more hilarious or perhaps inept thing that happened next is, a lot of people are saying, oh no, you should hire the students. They're claiming they didn't know what they signed. What's worse, so, again, let me know in the comments, these Harvard students being mentally, morally, morally vacuous or mentally vacuous? Because if they're claiming they signed a contract without reading it, I would never hire them on that alone. You, again, you're supposed to, they're supposed to be the smartest people on the planet. And yet, they're claiming they didn't read something they signed? Which, again, no business would ever hire you. I mean, sometimes... It might take hours or weeks to properly to comprehend, read a legal document, but you have to, especially if it's a business. I mean, that's what that's what they're going to school for. So a lot of people, their respect for Harvard just disintegrated. Now, Vivek called this out a couple days ago, went viral as a youth might say, gained one million views. And Vivek specifically said, "Quote: Claudine Gay presents the same problem for Harvard as Kamala Harris presents for the Democrats." When affirmative action is your basis for hiring, firing becomes impossible. Most Harvard alums know it. They're just afraid to say it. But to fix the problem, you have to name it first, unquote. And again, not only did it get 1 million views, it also got 29,000 likes. So as youth might say, it went viral to say the least. <laughs> Excuse me. Now, going over to the comments section... I suspect they'll be overwhelmingly support because, again, I can't think of many people who are saying, oh, yeah, she should still have her job. When, again, she's lost the company, or in this case, the university, a billion dollars. She's making anti-Semitic stances, and she's a lifelong cheater cheating on multiple papers and having multiple citations of, of blatant, not just copyright infringement, that's a pop, is an instance of... The technical term eludes me at the moment is I have a little bit of, well, what is it? 
plagiarism. Jeez Louise. Need a little bit more coffee. I think I'm on my second pot. Nevertheless, go to the comment section. I suspect they'll be overwhelmingly positive, but I didn't find out. Someone by the name of Polite No More says, quote, there really, the reality is there are brilliant people of every race and gender. Diverse hiring is offensive. It pulls out the people who are incapable of doing the job, unquote. 375 likes for that first statement. JT Hogan says, quote, don't leave out Kareem Jean-Pierre or Admiral Levine, unquote, getting 202 likes, which, yeah, it is, I believe it is technically illegal what a lot of these politicians are doing where they say they're going to hire someone specifically on their race and gender. That doesn't seem equal. It's also not prudent because, again, if you want the best man for the job, you want every single resume possible. You want the largest sample size. By going out from the get-go saying, hey, I want to hire specifically based on these things that people can't control, not only is that morally vacuous, I believe, but the sample size is going from the whole market of applicants to a very small segment. So the odds that you're going to get the best are decreased just based on mathematics alone. Now, Kevin Butcher says, quote, the entire woke capital needs to be dismantled at every level, unquote. Got 242 likes. Government X is corrupt, says, quote, they should replace Claudine Gay with an even more powerful female figure. Dylan Mulvaney, denying her that right is literally trans-terrorism, unquote. They got 117 likes, as well as it came with a creepy picture of Dylan with wearing a dress. David Moosman said, quote, hiring by skin color is not much different than by family name, etc. Getting 88 likes. Interesting take. Hmm. I'd say it's different in terms of family legacy. And if you ever, if you already know, if you have a family member, you know, presumably you know them better than any one other person. You could argue, you know, the track record a little bit more. Perhaps he's specifically referring to nepotism, where there are instances where someone will hire a family member who is just clearly inept, but they'll hire him just because they're a family member. Perhaps this is what is he implying? Let's see here. Other top comments come from Eric Cook. He said, quote, finally, quit hiring for check boxes. Why would we not always want the best for the job? Unquote. Getting 36 likes. Ryan Dawson says, quote, it's every university and institution. That's why nothing works, unquote. Getting 27 likes. Wealth Turtle, who does get probably an A- for marketing. Their profile picture is, in fact, of a turtle. And they even have a turtle emoji in their profile name. So this, although I don't think turtles can type. So nevertheless, this alleged Wealth Turtle says, quote, affirmative action hires don't work, unquote. Getting 74 likes. Now, I'm not, actually, that'd be fascinating to see a, a statistical breakdown of their success rates. If you look at the groups of people who are hired based on for action versus the ones that were not, is that success rate, in fact, less overall? Or do you have an equal number of inept employees in both scenarios? Because of the decreased sample size, as I noted a couple of minutes ago, I would suspect it is... But again, it's not 100% as well. I think it's important to say. Let's see here. Anthony Mountjoy says, quote, Don't judge a book by its cover. It used to handle this kind of problem. Unquote, getting 35 likes. <coughs> Do one more.
Perhaps we'll st let's see here. Uh, I'll try to find one more. Thomas Sewell, and I'm not sure if this is, I don't think this is an actual handle, but Thomas Sewell says, quote, Many, if not most people who are for, who are for or against affirmative action are for or for against the theory of, a of affirmative action. The factual question of what actually happens as a result of affirmative action policies receive remarkably little attention, unquote. And again, I'm not sure if this is him actually posting, but this does appear to be a quote from Thomas Sewell that got 60 likes. Again, it'll be fascinating to see. I mean, the university said, you know, let's see. A lot of people say, you know, the university is going to stand by her. And, and given the political climate, I don't think she'll be fired. I mean, she's got the job security. Because, again, they have 50, 50 plus billion dollars left in their endowment. They got plenty of cash right out darn near any storm. But I think culturally speaking, the what used to be the shine and the allure of the top, quote unquote, the best schools on the planet, I think these people are going to be, start becoming more and more mocked. Where if someone comes up and says they have a Harvard degree, you're just going to laugh at them and be like, oh, did, what, do you, what do you learn, gender studies? Like, what do you what do? You do? What, do, you know, do you know how to read a contract before signing? I mean, I can't help but think, that's going to start shifting more and more. And I think there's also a shift in overall, kind of generally, culture in the United States where the value of a college degree is just becoming less and less. And anecdotally speaking, I can't help but notice some of the most successful people I've ever interviewed on my podcast and that I've met in life, they don't even have a high school degree. They just are entrepreneurs who hustled like hell and worked like hell. And they've been overwhelmingly successful. But let me know in the comments. Do you think Caldine, do you think she'll ever be fired? Or do you think, no, she'll probably get a raise and she will just have unparalleled job security? I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Wish. Other interesting political news. You have Ron DeSantis' Christmas message as well as the top comments on X. Now, this is coming from Ron DeSantis' personal LinkedIn. Or, sorry. One of those brain farts where I'm on LinkedIn so much for work. To me, that's a big social media site. But nevertheless... On X, Ron DeSantis' personal Twitter or X account, he said, quote, Merry Christmas, everyone. Today, we celebrate the child who was born 2,000 years ago that changed the course of human history. God bless you and God bless America, unquote. And he is standing in front of, looks like, I forget what you call him, but a collage poster board. It looks like like a chess board, which is perfect for all the political chess pawns they make in the show. It is every other square being DeSantis for president and the opposite color, in this case being orange, being Iowa for DeSantis, and it says RD24 with the outline of Iowa. It looks like it's only about 28 seconds long. Not to say that he failed off the bat, but as we all know, men always suit up. And for my Christmas show, my, I actually wore a red iconic Santa Claus, well, it was a red suit with a Santa Claus hat. DeSantis just has his sweater, which, I mean, it's not an F for marketing. He does have the custom DeSantis embroidery name on it. So, D minus for marketing? I'd give him a little extra. Eh. You do not see his shoes. They may or may not be high heel boots. We can't see. These, this video is from the chest up. So we can't speculate on that regard. But without further ado. Well, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I uh, hope you're able to spend time with your family. We look forward to being able to, uh, to share Christmas with our family, but also to remember uh, and to celebrate 
uh, what happened over 2,000 years ago in a little town of Bethlehem uh, when a child was born that changed the, the course of human history. Uh, I hope you all reflect on the reason for the season. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, God bless you and God bless America. Well, I want to wish. So. Well, I want to wish. Huh? Well, I want Tw Twitter, Elon, is that a bug or a feature? But the videos always seem to repeat after they stop. And truth be told, that is pretty annoying. Just trying to get a picture. Uh, and now it's just stuck loading. I was going to say, they need to fix that one of these days. I'm sure they will. They might, perhaps. Now, in terms of the statistics, the geez Louise. Again, I'm not a doctor. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may help with my speaking ineptitudes and my stuttering, help me slow down my pace of speech, and overall just improve the show. Again, I'm not, you know, a doctor. I'm not saying that's a cure necessarily. However, if you check out the first couple episodes, compare them to now, there's a modicum of improvement. Not a lot, but there's a little bit of improvement as the subscriber count has increased. So, again, it's not how much I guarantee for you if you think life are, but if you click the subscribe button, I'd greatly appreciate it. And might just help. Now again, statistically speaking, within, let me see here. So got these numbers earlier this week. Within about, eh, what was that, about first five hours, it got 158,000 views and 6.4 thousand likes. Now in terms of marketing, I actually think, I think it's actually a pretty good message from DeSantis. Again, he's not wearing a red suit, so well, not the best marketing, but it's a good message. I think it plays to the base, but where is his family in this? I usually kind of critique politicians when they have the cliche family pictures and the family messages, but a big, excuse me, a big component of Christmas is the family. So I'm actually surprised. It looks like he's on the campaign trail, which I know many of them are, but it is fascinating. And maybe I'll have a couple extra videos that we'll analyze later. But I mean, as far as I can tell, it was interesting that he had this comment, but where, where's his family in it? And interestingly enough, where, I mean, where's the Christmas tree? Or the Christmas hat? Or the stockings? I mean, I know this is, maybe it's an improv to video, you wouldn't plan for it. And he does have the campaign stuff behind him for the signage. But, I don't know, maybe, maybe let me know in the comments. Do you think that'd be less authentic? Do you think it'd be too staged if you were to have some Christmas materials and themes, maybe do it in front of a church. I don't know. I feel like the backdrop could have been more persuasive, a little bit, a little bit better, but nevertheless, maybe I'm, well, what is it? Usually 60, 60, 40 in terms of 60% positive responses, 40% negative or pejorative when it comes to the responses on X for DeSantis. Maybe, excuse me, maybe more close to 70% positive. I mean, he's overdue, but decide in the comment section and find out. Chris Nelson says, quote, compare Ron DeSantis's Christmas message to this. Imagine having four more years of this lunatic and his insane ramblings. This is a better way. Hashtag DeSantis2024. And he has a picture of what used to be, it looks to be Donald Trump on Truth Social. And this allegedly is, uh, I believe this is probably real, but it says uh, real Donald Trump. And Trump says, quote, they spied on my campaign, lied to Congress, cheated on FISA, rigged a presidential election, allowed millions of people, many from prison and mental institutions, 
to invade our country screwed up in Afghanistan and Joe Biden's misfits are, and thugs like deranged Jack Smith are coming after me at levels of persecution never seen before in our country. It's called election interference. Merry Christmas. Which, I don't know, fact-checking all alone, I should probably sign up for Truth Social and take a look at it because, again, this is a screenshot. I'm not 100% sure if it is Donald Trump. And let's see here. That, now, his statement where he says, you know, we, you know, compare, so this is, again, the statistics from Chris Nelson saying compare Ron DeSantis to Trump's statement, that got 129 likes. So his first comment is actually in support of DeSantis. See here. Roy for the Republic says, quote, Merry Christmas to you and your wonderful family. Onward to the White House, unquote, getting 14 likes. Mike Spazero says, quote, and hashtag, <laughs> excuse me, and God bless hashtag real Donald Trump, unquote. I got 68 likes. Let's see here. It looks like it drops down precipitously in terms of the number of likes. So these comments comes from Swamp Fox saying, quote, Merry Christmas to the DeSantis family, getting 12 likes. Charlie Viggins saying, quote, future president shares the true meaning of Christmas, unquote, getting 13 likes. Will says, quote, God bless Donald Trump, unquote, getting 12 likes. Cecilia says, quote, Merry Christmas, best governor and future president. God bless you and your family. He have a blessed day, unquote, getting 10 likes. Let's see here. Zay, the truck driver, says, quote, Merry Christmas, Rod. I got you some boots, unquote. And they look like cowboy boots. I can't tell if this versus being pejorative, calling to the fact that Ron Sanchez may or may not be wearing high-heeled cowboy boots to make himself taller. But that did get 38 likes. Vin Schichtus says, quote, Merry Christmas to our next president, unquote, getting 20 likes. Andrew WMG says, quote, Merry Christmas, Ron. Now it's time to drop out. Thank you, unquote, getting six likes. And it looks like it was, uh, let's see, 10 to 20 comments saying Merry Christmas, Ron, or Merry Christmas. Those are getting between 5 and 15 likes. So interestingly enough, is the ratio is actually better than I thought. That's, let's see, and again, this is, eh. It's probably about 95% positive responses to DeSantis. So yeah, actually, interestingly enough, overwhelming support for DeSantis is perhaps one is one of his best ratios on social media. Now, <coughs> excuse me, at the end of the day, does this help him in the actual polls? Because last time I checked, let me pull up really quick. Last time I checked, he is precipitously dropped from, again, January 2023. In the beginning, he was around 33% in the poll aggregator known as project.538.com, which, again, that's an aggregator of the of many polls. And he's gone all the way down to, like, 12%. So he's come down a lot. Now, the real, the multi-million dollar, billion dollar question is, I mean, what does he need to do to actually reverse that trend? As many of the funders and the donors who previously were funding DeSantis subsequently have shifted to Nikki Haley, who she is increasing in the poll aggregator and in some of those cases beating Ron DeSantis. Now, that being said, there's a huge caveat. There's still 20, 30, 40 points below Donald Trump. But again, there's a lot of variables that are not able, to, that we can't control or they can't control in terms of no one knows will Trump be allowed to run? Will he be imprisoned? Will some states illegally take his name off the bat? There's a lot of speculation there. 
So I think that's why a lot of people are still following the primary so close is that there's a lot of unknowns. And if you know Trump is barred from running or they jail him or the CIA gets involved, uh, you know, and hopefully he doesn't visit Dallas. But nevertheless, he might not be around. There's a lot of spe speculation in that regard to run. So again, Trump is actually back up to 62.4%. DeSantis is down to 11.7% in the poll aggregator. Nikki Haley is at 10.8%. Vivek is at 4%. Chris Christie has increased, though not too much. He's up to 3.1%. Asa Hutchinson is at 0.6%. So again, DeSantis, this, the trend is still down. It's actually worse than I thought. Now, interestingly enough, Nikki Haley has actually dropped down a little bit. I think she peaked at around 11.5%. There's a point where she's very close to passing him in the poll aggregator. But it looks like she's going down a little bit. Now, that being said, so is DeSantis. So it'll be fascinating to see, you know, does this Christmas message, did it help them at the end of the day as we start to get new data in? And again, these are poll aggregators. We'll see if, I mean, we've seen polls aren't always accurate. And again, these are small sample sizes. A lot of these polls were between 300 and 5,000 people. So again, there are a lot of variables and polls aren't always accurate, but we're just analyzing the data that we currently have, albeit we don't know how accurate it'll be at the end of the day. So it'll be fascinating to see, you know, when the tires hit the pavement, more of the real numbers come in at and perhaps he'll be doing better than we thought let me know in the comments if you think this is going to propel him up in the polls it'll have any impact at all be fascinating here what you have to say other interesting political news you have nikki haley's christmas message and the top comments on x now this comes to us a couple days earlier this specifically comes from nikki haley's personal account on the twitter or as more more people are calling it on x and she says, quote, wishing you all a Merry Christmas as we gather with loved ones. Let's reflect on the timeless message of hope and goodwill that the birth of Jesus brings into our hearts. May this festive season fill your homes with joy and warmth. Controversially enough, or unquote, she also did hashtag Christmas blessing, blessings and she used a Christmas tree emoji. And she also accompanied it with a picture. And I believe, again, I don't follow Nikki Haley enough to know the breakdown of her family but it looks to be either is that her husband or her daughter's husband no wait i think it's the daughter and the daughter's husband in the middle then at the end are maybe nikki haley's son and then nikki haley's husband i it's a family picture let's put it that much which also shows you know how viral she is or isn't and then the little bottom of the picture says haley's the haley's 2023 let's see here and within, I wrote these statistics down a couple days ago. Within 14 hours, they got 295,000 views, but only 4.5 thousand likes, which, really? Let me look at the other notes here. That's actually less popular than Ron DeSantis. And keep in mind, Ron DeSantis' Christmas post, that got about, about half the views, but DeSantis got almost twice the likes. Fascinatingly enough, so let's go to the comments. I mean, again, it looks like... I don't know what kind of trees those are. Everglades? I forget. We, 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 not a weeping willow. But how do they not stand behind a Christmas tree? I don't know where she lives, but... I mean, that's a big part of Christmas. There's no Christmas tree. There's no stockings. No elves or trolls. Well, I'm sure there'll be some trolls in the comments. Pun moderately intended. But, yeah, I mean, it's a cliche family picture. I don't know. Is it just me or should there always be a Christmas tree in those pictures? Let's go to the comments and see what people have to say.
See, the first comment comes in at German friend. This person says, quote, how did you or your staffer write this post without mentioning Israel once? That must have been hard, unquote. That got 135 likes. Looks like an AI-generated picture of Biden, but he's African-American, he has a mustache, and this is from a profile picture, profile by the name of Subjective Views, and the text before this picture is, this young man is in for a predicament. And the text on the screen says, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, unquote. And that got 116 likes, and is a reference to the young man in the family picture is African-American, and that is actually a quote from Biden last presidential cycle. Joe chimed in saying, quote, Oh, gee, a politician using Christmas to score some cheap political points. How original. Because nothing says, quote, the true meaning of Christmas, unquote, like a carefully crafted tweet designed to appeal to a specific demographic, unquote. Dang, that got 254 likes. And it's one of those things where it is a little cliche. Every politician does it. It's one of those things where I almost don't critique them for doing it. Well, I certainly do in terms of the marketing of where's the Christmas tree and, you know, other things. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for politicians to share their faith and it kind of just shows folks, you know, a little, little insight of their family. I mean, we know it's going to be the perfect airbrushed picture. They'll make them all look great. But, I don't know, just as is, it's one of the few times where I'm actually, I don't know, <laughs> excuse me, I don't think it is too bad of a thing to do. Let me know in the comments if you think it's just too cliche or just never works at all. I'd be fascinated to hear what your thoughts are in that regard. Now, that specific statement, again, I got 254 likes. Hernando Don says, quote, A wedding photo used as a Christmas photo. Hum, something very off about this. Oh, I get it. It's pandering, unquote. Getting 289 likes. And if that is in the case, that is pretty pathetic. They reused a wedding picture for a Christmas picture and they just added the Christmas text. I mean, we all, everyone's got a cell phone. It's not too hard to take a Christmas picture these days. But, nevertheless, going back to the comments, Tommy Savage replies saying, quote, Merry Christmas, Nikki, and all of us Americans want this, all Americans want this year is for you to stop shilling for Israel and start putting America first, unquote. They got 268 likes. Gorsh replied, this is disgusting, unquote, getting 251 likes. Jimmy replied saying, quote, Looks like Nikki Haley watched The Blind Side before posting this. I'm quote, getting 41 likes. Tim Sharp replied saying, quote, Merry Christmas, Anchor Baby. I'm quote, getting 39 likes. Let's see here. It is funny. It's, uh, Tim Sharp had emojis of oranges in his profile name. So I don't know if he's just from Florida. Maybe he's a DeSantis fan or if he's a fan of Trump. The orange... It appeals to many people, and perhaps is a metaphor for bringing everyone together during these times of controversy. We can all relate to the orange. And I forgot what book I read as a child, but it was a treat back in the day to actually get an orange for Christmas. Now there's so much high fructose corn syrup at the checkout aisle, everyone gets sweets every day, it sort of seems. But saying to see that actually used to be a treat back in the day, which also shows how gluttonous and how spoiled many Americans are these days. Well, many people are also in general. Let's see here. Uh, org conserve americans said quote how cheap unquote getting 25 likes just jenna says quote wearing off white to someone else's wedding when it takes a 
when it takes a beat to figure out who the bride's in, it's in bad taste, unquote. Getting 65 likes. Uh, I was going to say, at least the men in the picture suited up. As I'll mention always, obviously. Let's see here. Sonny Jim said, quote, Hope you and the family are safe and warm in the mansions bought for you by Boeing today. I'm quoting 62 likes. We'll do one more. Someone by the name of not John Bolton, although they do have his profile picture as their profile picture. And this alleged not John Bolton said, quote, That black dude's your side piece, right? Unquote. Getting 70 likes. So definitely not as successful as DeSantis' Christmas tweet in terms of the ratio. This is, oh, geez Louise, and some uh, entertaining pictures. But I'd say this is probably 50-50, maybe even 60, well, maybe actually, it might be 60% negative against Nikki Haley versus the 40% positive. When you go into the comments section, and there's a lot of comments getting between 0 and 5 likes that say something like, uh, warmonger will never be president still not voting for you and again there's a couple of them are still saying things like Merry Christmas you know best of luck so support you but as I scroll through more and more I mean there yeah it's, mm, I'm about to change that 60 to 70 percent negative nevertheless it is more than 50 percent so as a youth might say they were certainly ratioed on Christmas so it'll be interesting to see. Again, she's been behind DeSantis, but getting close in terms of poll aggregators. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as you get more polls out, does this put her above DeSantis? Should she accelerate her bid for the Republican nominee? Or Again, it sounds like, and again, I'm, I'm taking the time to actually look up her wedding pictures or the wedding photo. I, it seems like a lot of people are saying it's less authentic or maybe it actually might hurt her in the campaign because a lot of people are calling her out for allegedly reusing a wedding photo for a Christmas photo. So, let me know, does this change your perception of Nikki Haley? Does it make you like her anymore? Or do you think this actually might, in the end of the day, do more harm than good? Are you fascinated to hear what you have to say? Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Tesla to recall about 120,000 vehicles because they could potentially have faulty doors that could open in a crash. Now, they noted, thanks to NBC News, that this will affect vehicles from the, including the 2021 to 2023 Tesla Model S luxury sedan and the Model X SUV. Now, they know that specifically Tesla, again, this is by Rob Weil. He said that, quote, Tesla's recalling more than 120,000 vehicles over doors that failed to comply with U.S. government regulations. In a letter posted on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, Tesla acknowledged that the affected doors can be unlocked during a crash which could cause the door to unlatch and open, thereby increasing the risk of injury? But how do you get out? Count but wonder. So if, you get, if you're in a car crash and it locks the doors, then how do you get out? Do, they, do the door actuators unlock once the vehicles come to a complete halt? Or well, maybe they'll clarify. Now, they know that, let's see here, the affected vehicles include the Tesla Model S and Model X manufactured for those years, and Tesla said that it was not aware of any injuries as a result of this being issued earlier in December. <laughs> Excuse me. 
So the silver lining is, and again, usually in life, if you squint hard enough, you'll find a silver lining. Or you'll say the glass is half full. Although, let's be honest, if it's, if it's half full of Bud Light, perhaps not the best example because it's half full of piss. But nevertheless, if it's half full of anything that's worth anything, you'll say, you know, there's a little silver lining there. It's a good thing. Now, thankfully, no one's been hurt from this. So not only is that good because obviously, you know, just humanity, no one's been hurt, no one's been injured. It's also good from a legal perspective in terms of no one's going to sue the company. But also, I would also argue it helps preserve the brand, especially because in this case, they note that the remedy will, again, be Tesla's over-the-air software update free of charge. Owners, owner notification letters are expected to be sent February 17th. So I wonder if we'll actually get to the point where we redefine what is a recall for a vehicle because again, they're not technically recalling them. The, the, it's perhaps one of the, silver, one of the few silver linings of electric vehicles. Granted, I've never want one because they're boring. They only have two pedals. One of the best vehicles always have three pedals, also known as manual transmission. The most fun you'll ever have driving bar none. However, in these cases, with it's kind of a good thing in terms of there's a little bit of a benefit. Instead of having to take this and drop it off at a dealership and wait God knows how long to have them fix it, they just send over a software update. So I wonder in terms of statistics where, you know, you have the consumer reports and a lot of these third parties, including the government, where they track, you know, vehicle recalls, all these manufacturers, will they actually redefine it so that instances like this don't count? Because yes, there's an issue, but they don't need to actually take your vehicle out of service. It's just over there updates. They only need to add a widgets or extra pieces of plastic or components or physical parts to fix the issue. So it'll be interesting to see if they ever redefine it, but Again, the optics still aren't great because, again, it's 120,000 vehicles affected and they're using all the keywords to make people scared, like crashes. So I understand it's not good in that regard and it's not good publicity. But let me just see if they ever redefine it. But nevertheless, with all the bad publicity and all, you know, there's the negative headlines and it is technically an issue, I would certainly say it still is the business blunder of the day. Again, thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in. Try to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December. So if you click that button, I really appreciate it. Also, leave a comment is a great way to give me some additional feedback and how I can make the show better and better. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe, fight the good fight.